Next time on a very spooky fine dining podcast, the season one finale, TGI Fridays the 13th. Oh, you betcha. Pineapple's gonna hit the fan as Michael's son, Juicy, or in this episode, Juice son, Voorhees, <laughs> goes on a murderous rampage and no one is safe. It gets real spooky, it gets real bloody, and not everyone's gonna make it to the end of the episode. Who will live, who will die? Listen to Fine Dining, the search for the most mediocre restaurant in America, break down a trip to TGI Fridays based on the atmosphere, the service, and the food, and try not to be scared to death. Hear the thrilling finale of Fine Dining, Wednesday, October 25th, wherever you get your podcasts. have they done? A party in the grip of collective hysteria. Keir Starm is cock-a-hoop. Corks are popping in Brussels and Moscow. Congratulations, Conservative MPs. Enjoy your new Prime Minister. Dear Lord, what a sad little life. I'm Harriet Langley-Swindon, and this is Nonsensit. This is the podcast of the highlights of our daily radio show, but this week it's more the lowlights, as it has been the worst week in British politics ever. Uh, we have been so sad here on the show. I mean, Martin, I, I've seen you drowning your sorrows often this week. Well, what, what have you been drinking? Uh, champagne. Champagne, yes. actually, yeah. <laughs> Just the only way to get through it sometimes is to uh, pop a bottle. Yes, it's very, <sighs> very true, very true. It, it, it's been very, very upsetting. Now, obviously, this will have an effect on our live show. So there are tickets left for our, our show on September the 10th, uh, filming live. Get them at kingsplace.co.uk, where we will be holding an immemorium section for all of Boris's policies that have died with him. I want us to take a moment, Martin, to remember our Prime Minister, that this was the best Prime Minister since Churchill. He's the only Prime Minister who wanted vaccines. Everyone else was against it. And he said, no, no, Europe, we will have vaccine. He invented the vaccines and now no one has COVID. Uh, well, uh, actually, actually, I am at home at the moment with COVID. So I, I mean, that's not you don't I, have I COVID, quite Martin. Agree with that. Martin, it doesn't exist anymore. No, I mean I understand. He's, he's people are quite happy with some of the things that he's claimed to do. Those so, tests uh, don't count thing. anymore. There's a reason why you can't get many of the shots because they're stupid. He, he also um, fought the war in Ukraine, and he often made us laugh from his funny columns, his time on uh, on TV. But also as Prime Minister, when he said the leader of the opposition failed to stop Jimmy Savile. Uh, oh, yeah, he, he did have to apologise for that, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes in comedy, you have to go too far to know how far to go. Now, on Thursday, we actually spoke to the woman at the centre of this whole story. Really quite a scoop. I am, of course, talking about Susan Jenkins, mm -hmm. head of HR yes, yes. at Downing Street. Which brings us to our first clip. 
So very kindly taking some minutes out of her day, we have on the line Susan Jenkins, Head of HR at Number 10. Susan, what what a week it's been for you in HR. Yes, uh, good morning, Harriet. Sorry um, if I'm slightly distracted. I haven't slept for about 24 hours and uh, running on fumes and coffee at the moment. So um, yes, if I do sound a bit distracted, I, I just got a few things to attend to. Uh, while I'm talking to you, if that's okay. That's fine. I mean, obviously, it's incredibly important to speak to um, the mainstream media, which is what you're doing today. So I appreciate you putting that first. No, that's absolutely sorry. Sorry, Harriet. Naomi, Naomi, did you did you get Michelle Donnellan's lanyard back off her? No, well, okay, we'll go and get it, please. Thank you. Sorry, you were saying. So, as you know, that, that's interesting. You talk about Michelle. I mean, what, what what's happening now with setting up passes and and things like that? You must be you must be so busy. Oh, do you know what? The lanyard situation is is one of my biggest headaches at the moment. We've started issuing lanyards preemptively for, for every backbencher, just so we can get ahead of the game, because it's it's changing on, on a continual basis. Currently, I'm not entirely sure where we stand with Boris Johnson's lanyard, because I... I believe, uh, well, he's resigned as, as the leader of the party, but not as prime minister. So there's a bit of wrangling at the moment. Uh, not sure what, what the official status there is, but I'm sure we'll sort it out. You could give him just a sort of special, one of those special lanyards. You know, like they do with uh, Nando's, those, those special passes where you can go and eat whatever you like. You could have a similar thing. I mean, I'm just putting some suggestions out for you that might help you. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm not familiar with the concept of Nando's, but but yes, no, that, that, that sounds sounds good. Well, similarly with Michael Gove, of course, his lanyard, that situation, he, he's been fired uh, three times uh, under the last three prime ministers, but always gets reinstated. So that's obviously also quite a complicated uh, issue. It's just not straightforward, is what I'm saying, Harriet. Yes, you, you must be printing them out left, right and centre. <laughs> Yes, indeed, 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 indeed. Almost sounds quite fun, isn't it? Sort of guess who, where, where, you, where you're putting them all. Yes, yes, that's certainly one way of describing it. <laughs> so, but, but I mean, you, you must be sort of. I mean, what, what do you do if people don't return them? Things like that. Have you had any awkward, awkward situations? People holding their lanyards hostage. Oh, continually, uh, continually. It's funny, when I signed up to, to, to do HR, I didn't think lanyards would feature quite as heavily in my work as they do. And certainly over the last 48 hours, it seems to be to be the, the main focus of, of my job. But them's the breaks. <laughs> Susan, what you could do is, producer Martin, yeah. I don't let him have a lanyard. He has to wait in right. security till someone can come down and allow him to come through. It takes a bit longer, but I think it, 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 it just... Yeah. He means he sort of knows his place. I, I think it sometimes it can be really useful. Twenty to thirty minutes onto my day uh, every day. Right. It's uh, yeah. it's slightly humiliating. But you know what? I turn up early and I get the job done. And uh, and there isn't an HR department here either. So um, it must be okay. nice having someone to talk to. It's quite nice just having you to talk to now, Susan. Actually, yes, well, I mean, all joking aside, uh, quite apart from the lanyards, of course. There are welcome packs, for example, that we we have to issue to every new minister. And at the moment, we're getting through, I mean, thousands, thousands and thousands of pieces of paper. And frankly, I worry that we're <laughs> not going to hit our net zero target <laughs> until 2090 at the rate we're going, uh, absolutely destroying forests here at the moment at 10 Downing Street. So, you know, I, I am keen to introduce a system that, that's, that's a little bit less wasteful because at the moment the, the, the turnover is quite extraordinary. But we'll get there. We'll get there. 
it's all it's all fun and games. <laughs> it's it sounds sound it does sound very jolly, and I I can't think of a better reason for trees to die. Now, Susan, also, I mean, obviously, a lot's happened this week, so and it's it's all moved so quickly. But in the light oh. of, of 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 Pinchy Chris Pincher, um, have you had to update your your sexual harassment policy? Well, listen, Harriet. I'm very clear. I, I always ha- I have been clear. We we are a zero tolerance. We off- operate a zero tolerance office when it comes to sexual harassment. Every every person that comes to work for us is sat down at the beginning of of, of their day and is made to watch a, a video. Brilliant. We have a room next door at the moment. James Cleverly, Nadim Zahawi, and and Kit Malthouse are currently currently and they're watching it. And as far as I'm concerned, everybody that works here knows what they can and cannot do. And Chris Pinchy Pincher. Sadly, um, actually, come to think of it, I think he may have. Do you know what? I think he. I think he may have not watched the video. I think he was away. Right. So, That's um, what it was. That's what it was. No, that, that is on me. Actually, I'm, I'm just right. Uh, yeah. Do you, do you? I do feel bad about that. Now. Do you think, Susan? That, that I mean, because there's there's been a number of claims about sexual harassment in Parliament. I mean, obviously they're less important because they they're the victims or women, but. Do you think that maybe that was because another sort of error and they didn't see the video? I, listen, I I don't want to go into it. I don't want to criticise your job, Susan. I'm sure you do a wonderful job. Yes, because I I need to have some words with some people about that first before I talk to you about (laughs) about it. Um, Because I I would hate for that to be the case. But I, I, I do, yeah, I do need to have a little, go in, have a little think about that. Naomi, sorry, can you just make sure they are watching the video? Just, yeah. Well, where's he gone? Okay, well, tell him to get back in there, please. Okay, thank you. Right, because they will try and not watch it if possible. Right, right. Well, who, who wants to watch a video? I mean, they're, they're not, they're not, I mean, you think the sexual harassment videos, they're going to be quite sort of fun and naughty, but actually they're a bit, they're a bit dull and wokey, aren't they, really? Well, Harriet, I'm afraid most of HR is is dull, uh, and that is that is very much the point of it. Yes, yeah, no, but dull dull is an important part of of government. We we don't see enough of it these days, really. But also, I just I wanted to to, to make clear that we do have a function, uh, mm-hmm. HR. It's an important uh, function. We are there, at, especially at a time like this. We have to be there when offboarding of ministers happens. I was in the room last night when. Uh, Mr. Gove was sadly let go. And I just, my role is very much to make sure that the proper language is used. And, and it, it did get a little fruity. I, I said the Prime Minister calling calling someone a snake is not helpful. No. But I, I think, and I think they appreciated my input. I think they appreciated my my, my presence there. But it, it was, yeah, it was quite emotional. Who would take your lanyard, um, Susan, if you were to go? Probably Naomi, I imagine. Right. Oh, okay, okay. The HR is dead, long live the, the head of HR, that, that sort of thing. Indeed. Yes. Uh, we're all replaceable in the end, aren't we, Harriet? Well, no, not all of us. But thank you for coming on and I appreciate your time. My pleasure. Thank you. OK, thanks. Bye. Bye. The news has moved so fast this week, it barely seems any point playing any clips at all, doesn't it, Martin? Oh, yes, yes. Well, uh, you know, it's, it's strange. Sometimes it just doesn't feel like work at all. Even, uh, even What's even if the it point? Thank God. He is at least staying on for a bit as our caretaker prime minister. Yes, yes, sort of like a sort of um, groundskeeper Willy from The Simpsons, isn't he? Just what? sort of uh, full of rage and shouting at people from, from the sidelines. It'll, it'll be nice to watch. But in fact, on Wednesday, we did speak to the 100th MP to resign, James Tottington Butbidge. 
James, why now? Well, well Harriet, you, you see, the thing is, you see 99 of your colleagues going over the top. Will it win? Will it help uh, the cause? No, probably not. But 100, yes, definitely. And that's the key here is to be on the winning team. The, the people who you know matter in this country are the winners, uh, as we've always said in the Conservative Party. And, you know, I want to be clear, it is a sad day. You know, I've known Boris since the bugger cupboard uh, at school right. and particularly uh, became very close at the Buller. And I've always supported the Prime Minister. I've always believed in him. He's a man of integrity, a man of honour. But today uh, felt that we need to really put the country first. It sounds like you have a very close and, and touching friendship. So this must have been a very tough decision for you. It was a terrible shock, really, because, you know, Jeremy Corbyn has a lot to answer for. But particularly yes. today, where the communist threat from Islington North, from Kiev, Corbynite Starmer has really become exaggerated now to the point where, you know, it's it's dangerous. Um, so I share... James, is it Jeremy Corbyn's fault that you're now resigning today? Well, you know, we don't like to lay blame with mm. others, but yes. Yes, right. I, I, I mean, it's it's terrible what that man's done to this country. I, I don't know, but the, the thing is... It, Boris Johnson hasn't behaved brilliantly, has he? He I mean, hasn't. Honestly, not enough people I'm talk a, about I'm you know, communist mind control. Do we know enough about the red menace and its ability through the weapons of empathy and uh, socialised collective action and the rail strike to really change the mind of any good, true blue, loving queen respecter? Which, you know, there is no doubt that Boris Johnson loves women and the Queen is a yes. woman. That is undoubted. Yes. It's impossible yes, to deny that. And frankly, he, Harriet... He's you an know, ally. Your support has always meant a lot to Bojo and to me. Not so much to Savage Javid, to be honest. He ridicules you often, which is one of the reasons I was sort of glad to see the back of him before I decided to, to resign also. But I want to be clear, uh, you know... I'm doing this in the national interest. And if it so happens that the prime minister does remain in office, then, you know, I wouldn't say no to uh, eventually having uh, a new Secret Service delegation and, and a lovely, lovely car with one of those nice tinted, tinted windows and a big red box that is full of the papers there every day. And I know that that is what's right for the country, because we must still obviously get Brexit done. And, you know, have I even mentioned to you today how wonderful it is that we rolled out some vaccines? Because let me so, tell so you... So, James, is this is this a temporary resignation? No, no. Well... You, are, you a, have, a bit, you have a bit, resigned. A bit. No, right. no. Right, no. Uh, yes. No. Yes, but, a little bit. Well, a bit, a bit. A, a bit, a, just a, a, bit, a, a bit of temporary... A temporary... No. No, 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 I don't know no, where that rumour, no. probably from some left-wing anarchist, socialist lesbian um, or a right. vegan on Twitter. Yes, you, can't, I, you can't believe them. Now, listen, let's talk about Chris Pincher, because obviously this is the straw yes. that broke the camel's back. I've met Chris a few times at parties. He's always been fine with me. So Who hasn't? I, Who hasn't met old Pinchy? And let me tell you, I think that we have a serious... I, I, as you know, Harry, I am, uh, you know, on the on the membership board at the Garrett Club, as well yes. as the Carlton Club, and right. any, you know, good 
a meaningful club that won't let in women, apart from, you know, yourself and other fillies. No, that's uh, fine. I don't think women belong in doing, clubs. No, no, no more in, in bedrooms and kitchens. But the thing is that what we've seen here is a real breach of the rules, because in any private membership club, you know, we should deal with the problem. Uh, it's a private matter. And if they'd come to us, we would have said, Pinchy, you old toe rag, stop being such a dirty little snipe and put your fingers uh, in your own bottom. Well, um, James, that that them. is what happened, isn't it? I mean, that yeah. is what happened. But you is you it did keep a deal, deal with it yeah. privately. The Boris Johnson decided it was fine and moved on, and then someone spilt the beans. Well, I don't know if you saw that, um, you know, huge communist Keir Starmer today using his own personal experience as a barrister representing rape victims to call into disrepute another member of the House. And frankly, it's it's just not cricket. If Boris goes, who are we looking for now, James? Well, you know, in, in that, you know, awful scenario, that which obviously none of us wanted, you know, what we need is someone with impeccable moral character, you know, and a, a private life uh, of the highest reputes. Someone like, um, you know, Liz Trust or Ben Wallace or Michael Gove. People have said, you know, Rishi Sunak or Sajid Javid might be launching a leadership bid. What do, what do you think about them? Well, no, no. I, I think, you know, I think, you know, those who swing the axe need to stay away, you know, from what's taking. But I think really any of the 99 initial well, MPs, those to resign, uh, you know, they can't really put themselves forward. From 100 forward, you know, who can say? Uh, you know, I don't have a panacea stone. I'm not Merlin. But let me tell you, it's about those who are, are willing to serve this country and who are ready to put their sword on the round table uh, of power. Now, it's always worth hearing what Ishan Akbar has to say on any topic, isn't it, Martin? Well, he certainly lets us know, yeah. <laughs> so, shortly after his fellow Sajid Javid and Rishi Sunak resigned, he came into the studio on our regular feature, Is It Woke? And we asked, resignations, are they woke? On this week's edition of Is It Woke? We ask, resignations, are they woke? Ishan Akbar, let's start with you. I have to say, Harriet, uh, it feels like resignation is a very woke thing to do these days. Resignation to me is a lot like putting coffee drinker in your bio. You try and present it as something a bit alternative for the greater good, but actually everybody and their uncle are doing it. I mean, who isn't drinking coffee? Who isn't resigning these days? And Boris resigning is just another example of the wokerati just infiltrating the very heart and chambers of government. And frankly, I think it's too much. Well, also, I mean, the thing is, what we know about wokedom is it's sort of, it's sort of like a cult, isn't it? Or a disease. So more and more people catch it. And this is what's happening in our government. It's sort of infecting everyone, even even our dear Prime Minister. Absolutely. And, you know, one of, the, one, of, one of the things about wokeism is usually they tend to embrace the things that Asians start first. 
It's always the way. Rishi Sunak and Sajid Javid, they decided to resign, and suddenly all these other white people decided, hey, this is kind of cool. Why don't we do the same thing? Wait, so, Isha, so I'm going to stop you here. Do you think this is a sort of cultural appropriation going on? I Look, I, I don't want to be as incendiary as to suggest it is cultural appropriation, but as someone who is your diversity correspondent, I can't Hi. help oh, but current, notice yes. the role that cultural appropriation plays. I mean, resigning and quitting, it's just when Sajid and Rishi did it, it made sense. It's something that they were obviously very good at, very eloquent. It's something, you know, something cultural, something embedded in their very existence. They know what they're doing. And suddenly everybody else decided to copy and paste letters, but they didn't give them credit, did they? They didn't say, oh, because we saw Rishi and Sajid do it, we're going to do it too. No, no, no. They just carried on doing it and presenting it as their own. Yet more wokeism. And, and resigning and quitting does sound like a very sort of minority thing to do. Absolutely. I mean, depends, especially if they're quitting. Sorry, what? I've got to, Sorry, Harry, Harriet, I've got to, um, I've got to say that I, I, I agree with Ishan here. I, I think that um, there's a real privilege attached to people that decide that they're going to, you know, hand in their resignation. I mean, not everyone can resign. I mean, take take me for example. I'm I'm here. I'm at work. Am I, you know, happy? Not always. Oh, no, but that's life, isn't it? Martin, you can't listen, just... I wouldn't go so far as to suggest that when Rishi and Sajid did, resigned, it was because of privilege. I mean, they're ethnic minorities for a start. I don't know if you know, but minority is not a privileged position. Well, no, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. Sorry, I mean, no, it wasn't. Can, we, can we back up a bit, Martin? What are you talking about? You can you can resign. You can resign if you wanted to. No, no, no. But this isn't about me. It isn't about me. Do you want to resign, Martin? No, not at all. This is what, I mean, I'm just... Martin, I could make life very difficult for your family. Well, I mean, you already do. That's that's not a problem. Yes, thank you. The, but the, Martin, are you saying you'd resign from the from the show? Or no, from, I mean I'm not your I, family. I no, I, I think I I stand with people that say there is a job to be done and uh, they 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 need to stay there and 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 do the work even if it's under some quite. I'm surprised. Uh, Sorry, can I can I just say I've just remembered producer Martin did actually resign at one point, but his his letter was quite hard to read. It looked like it'd been made in the bath. And so I, I, I just disregarded it. To be honest, it. with Martin, he kind of he seemed very long. Martin, week. you seem like one of those people. You, you kind of just stick around. You know, you know. Sometimes when you buy something from a shop and you take the sticker off, but the glue is just there. The glue is just, and you're rubbing, 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 and the glue just doesn't come off. Oh, you Martin, use sometimes some, um, feels... some lime juice and a bicarbonate of soda, and it comes right off. That's um, just a tip. Do Sorry, put, not to. Undermine. Do you put the bicarbonate of soda on the lime, or do you put it directly? You can the do, glue and then just scrub it with the lime. Um, it's just a top tip. I've got to be honest. I think that's the most interesting thing Martin's ever said. Uh, I think just to bring it back onto point, um, resignation is um, it's it's about it's a bit of a power play. Not everyone has the opportunity to do that. Sometimes you need the money, you need the work. You can't just say, "Oh, well, I'll give up my job." I think that's mainly what I was trying to say, and not in any way to offend the... Well, you're suggesting Rishi Sunak. It's just a bit of a statement, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's a bit like taking the knee. You know, they do it. It's not really saying anything. You can get up again, just like you can unresign. Oh, yes. I mean, absolutely. I mean, these people who resigned after two days in the job, 
you know, education secretary, 48 hours later, you're no longer education secretary, new government comes in, you're education secretary again. I mean, yes, it, it, it's it's a very, that's the thing with wokeism, isn't it? it, it, it it's, there's a lot of bluster. Oh, it's it's like the, um, you, you could almost call it the, the wokey-cokey. Eh? You know, you, you one, one foot in, one foot out. Did you say cokey because they're do, con- do, do conservative the wo- wo- and they... No, it's... I don't. I don't think cocaine's got anything to do with this. No, I, I wasn't. I wasn't trying to bring up drugs. There, Why Pat. bring up drugs? No, I just it's the it, we've had a, a lot of parties. Um, Jennifer's been attending, so we we the okie cookies on one moment. Producer Martin, we can't. We you know we've been warned about this. We, we can't talk about the, uh, those. I don't kind think of we can keep that in the. You can't mention cocaine on a radio trying, show. Trying, you trying should to make this. a joke about it. Are you our joke correspondent, producer Martin? No. no. I, You're lucky that we even let you, as in in the producer role, take part in these debates. It's only because you're the the only wokey sort of lefty who will come on this show. (laughs) And I am resigned to my fate. (laughs) Another use. I don't. I don't know why we don't just uh, weed him out, Harriet. Oh, Ishan. Now you're you're the comedian here. You are the comedian here. That's very witty. Very witty. So, resignations. I think we're all agreed here. It's woke, isn't it? 100%. Absolutely 100% woke, resigning. You know what? I'm going to have to go with the majority here. Yeah, I I, I guess it is. I guess it is. I don't think it is that woke, to be honest, now that he's... Ishan, what's made made you change your your mind, apart from producer Martin agreeing with you? Yeah, when Martin agrees, I just sometimes think maybe I have got it wrong. This week on the podcast, we have an old interview. You won't have heard it before. It's not been on the podcast, but I really, really wanted to use it because what's wonderful about it is it really highlights the similarities between Boris Johnson and Winston Churchill. I'm talking about the author Otto English, and and we we really had a, a great time discussing those similarities. Yeah, that's that's not exactly what he was on to talk what, about. No, that's what I was on to talk about, Martin. It's right, my right, show. Yes. yes, of course. Of course it is. But great interview. Uh, I made some very good points and Otto was there. Our guest today is writer and journalist Otto English. Uh, He has written for Politico and Byline Times, but has also written a woke history non-fiction book, or so he says, called Fake History. Otto, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me on. Let's talk about your book. It's called Fake History, came out fairly recently, and it sort of attempts to destroy people's love for this country. What, What made you decide to write this book? Well, I mean, I think that's a fair point, you know, coming into the country and trying to upturn all the sacred cows and and take a hammer, a sledgehammer, if you will, to the sacred icons of this nation is long overdue. You know, wokery is seen by many people as a kind of soft liberal option, but I, I, I'm the sort of, I'm at the aggressive vanguard of it. You know, the people who want to rip rip up history and start again. But that's not what we should do with history, surely. We don't want to rip it up. We want to honour it and and study it and believe and believe in it. Why do we want to rip up history? Surely that's just like tearing down a statue. 
Well, I mean, some statues are well worth tearing down, you know. I mean, for artistic and aesthetic reasons more than anything else, my main objection to the statue of Margaret Thatcher, for example, is that it looks absolutely nothing like Margaret Thatcher. It looks a lot, actually, like Lawrence Fox in a wig. So there are different reasons. Lawrence Fox hasn't deserved a statue yet. Well, there are different... No. Not yet, Lawrence. Not yet. There are different reasons for pulling down a statue, and there are also different reasons for leaving them up. So what, what, statues, do, what, what statues do you think are all right to, to take down? I mean, I don't understand. These are statues. These are history. These are historical monuments that people appreciate, they understand, that were, that were made by our ancestors. 98% of statues in... Uh, London are to men uh, and I would challenge anybody to know who most of those men were without looking at the little labels underneath I mean a, a lot of those statues get put up by the friends of the men at the time and then they sort of stay there through all eternity and nobody ever knows who they are until somebody comes along and says we should pull it down and then everybody's outraged because they oh no you can't pull down that statue to that person I've never heard of but I'm just going to look them up on Wikipedia. Yes, but you don't want to the- look it up on Wikipedia. This is about this is about history. You know that you say you have to look at the little plaque, but exactly people are going up, they're reading the little plaque, they're like that man sounds interesting, and you say there's no women, but I, I mean I'm sorry to break it to you, Otto, but women didn't really do anything in history. Well, I mean, that's what a lot of idiots think. No disrespect to yourself. But, I mean, that's, uh, of course, women Women have been largely largely painted out of history uh, because history is largely being written by white men. Uh, and there are a lot of white men around today who want to perpetuate the idea that women didn't do anything in history and that it was all done by white men. Well, that's interesting because you talk about uh, white men who write history books. Obviously, you are a white man who's written a a history book. But also, looking at another white man who wrote a history book, which was a wonderful book, I don't know if you've read it, The Churchill Factor by our esteemed Prime Minister, Boris Johnson. Now, what I want to say is why should I trust what you say over the Churchill biography, which all others are judged, you know, Boris Johnson's right. um, So there's a good rule of thumb. If something is said, written, dictated by Boris Johnson, it's probably a heap of lies. Uh, it's a fairly good rule of thumb. And that very much applies to his Churchill biography, which I, I'm afraid I have read. And when I say I'm afraid I've read it, I, I'm deeply sorry I've read it because... Reading, turning each page simply made me feel significantly dumber. Oh, come on. It's like being in his company, though, isn't it? It's sort exactly. of charming. It's, uh, it's jolly. Yes. It paints the sort of the wonderful man that Churchill was and a whole feast of, of wonderful Churchill stories. And you're telling me that we should believe your stories, but not his? Yeah. What makes your Churchill facts so much better than his facts? Well, I suppose the, the, the difference is that my book is based on research into what happened in Churchill's life, whereas Boris Johnson's book is based on things that Nicholas Soames told him over a long drunken lunch in some gentleman's club in St James's. I mean, there's a slight difference in approach. Well, a, a long drunken lunch, I think, is actually a very good way of, of finding things out. Uh, do we have any Churchill facts to, to hand, Martin? 
Um, well, we we do have some quotes. We could um, test you. We could <clears throat> test you here, Otto, if you're feeling brave. I'm feeling brave. If you think that you know so much about Churchill. Yeah. Um, yes. So um, we've got uh, three quotes here, and yeah. uh, I thought it might be interesting to see whether you could recognise um, the the true Churchill quote from from the fake Churchill quote. Yeah. Um, uh, or should I say, um, the difference between a quote from Churchill the man and Churchill the dog. So here they come. Okay, Okay, so... Oh, yes. Uh, Oh, yes. Oh, yes. yes. I'm I'm pretty sure that was Churchill the dog. Although it's quite likely that Um, in his lifetime, Churchill did say, oh, yes, at some point. So, I mean... But unless it's in Hansard, I'm not sure we could really nail that one down. Uh, I'm going to have to push you for an answer. I'm going with the dog. The dog, if if you're going to say who is the most famous Churchill for saying, oh, yes, I would say Churchill the dog, not Churchill the the Prime Minister. Well, I I have run the numbers, and um, Churchill the man actually said, oh, yes, uh, more times than the dog, because, of course, he was often offered a cup of tea. Yes. And he, he loved a cup of tea, famously so. Uh, so that's fine. It's fine. It's an easy yeah. one to. But it, it was a bit of a trick question because yes. they have both said it. I've okay. said it as um, well several times. No. Yeah, no, well, no, Martin. That was a silly question. Can we have better ones, please? Yes. Okay. Here we go. <clears throat> oh no, <laughs> Martin. <laughs> Martin, that's just another. <laughs> oh no, Martin. Did you do your research for this bit? Yes. Yes. No. I absolutely. Did. I, we can skip that one. It's fine. Okay. Yeah, we've let's got skip that one, one please. <clears throat> okay. You will never reach your destination if you stop and throw stones at every dog that barks. Yes, that. Ch- Churchill. Churchill never said that. So we... Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Does that mean the dogs? <laughs> Did the dog say that? Does that mean the dog said yeah. it? Well, I got it off wiki quotes. Yeah, so just, I didn't specify which Churchill it's. So, but I was hoping that you might be able to answer that one for yeah. me. It wasn't really part of the quiz. But then, but then also, to be fair, um, Otto does have a tendency to say that very famous Winston quotes weren't true. Like, the, the, you know, the very, Martin, you know, the very funny one about uh, where he says that that awful woman says, Winston, you're drunk. And then he oh. says, I may be, I may be drunk, but in the morning I will be sober and you will still be ugly. That very, that oh, very yes. funny quote. Well, apparently, according, according to our eminent historian here, it's a lie. Yes, it's a lie. It is a it's a sick burn though. It's a, it's it sick is burn. a sick burn. But Winston Churchill was a politician, not some sort of wise cracking vaudeville act. He was. He was a he was a fun, good time guy, wasn't he? He also took, as you say, got our country through a world war. I mean, very similar, really, to Boris Johnson. He was also very funny, good with his quips, and got us through the pandemic. Didn't he? And well, it's a, now it's a um, getting us through the war in Ukraine. Yeah, well, I mean, he's doing a fantastic job of looking like he's got us through both, if people are gullible enough. But there, there is a definite similarity between Boris Johnson and Winston Churchill in that they were both fairly vain people who everybody said was brilliant. Uh, if you're put on a stage and everybody goes, oh, aren't they brilliant? Then lots of people go, oh, yes, they're brilliant. They're brilliant. Well, then they probably are brilliant. Uh, well, people well, used to no, say so- people used to say all sorts of people were brilliant, you know, who weren't. And uh, Boris Johnson 
definitely is not brilliant. I mean, the thing with Boris Johnson is, what's he ever said that's particularly funny, smart, clever, uh, in tune with the nation, uh, giving us direction into the future? What what, what has he ever said? Uh, well, His most famous he, he, quote is, is a pyramid of inverted piffle. Well, which was very funny. It was very funny. And he has very, very funny insults. He called Keir Starmer Captain Hindsight uh, several times. Mm. Which did it did make me laugh. I mean, you've you've written an article, I believe, called "Hating Boris Johnson," mm. which I was hoping when I was reading it would sort of emerge a bit like a rom com, where at the end you realise that actually this is a wonderful man who's doing his best and getting us through. But it didn't it didn't really end like that. No, there was no punchline. There was no punchline, which I'm afraid. Is is not not the same. The same can't be said for Boris Johnson because he does have a punchline. And, and it's maybe Captain if you had a few more punchlines, you yes, yes. I'm just saying, Otto, that Boris Johnson used to be a journalist, and look where he is now. Maybe if you've got political aspirations, you should work on your punchlines. I mean, I take it on board, but yeah. uh, I mean, it's it's just the one punchline, isn't it? It's uh, it's not. It's not the greatest punchline, just saying Captain Hindsight. It's... No, but you say that I think what's, in, what's important uh, for our politicians is that they are funny and relatable mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, Keir Starmer, a bit boring. Uh, but Boris Johnson, you know, he's, he went on, have I got news for you? We can all relate to him. That's surely that's what we want, isn't it? The trouble for me is it's a bit like Groundhog Day. I sort of wake up in this country, I go onto Twitter, I see that Boris Johnson has trotted out another series of lies and... I despair at my fellow country people. I despair at the state of the world. Boris Johnson never lies. I, I, the reason I wrote that article is because I just despair of, um, of, this, of this ever beige blonde-headed fool ever-ending. But you talk about lying, but let's let's be a, let's address the elephant in the room here. Mm. Your name isn't really Otto English, is it? No. 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 <laughs> That's a Ooh, fake is this name. A scoop? Yes. Is, have we got an exclusive scoop? Uh, yes, it is. I, I mean So I'm gonna blow our listeners' no, minds. But it's I mean like all you're not the first investigative journalist to have discovered this. Uh all anybody has to do yeah. to discover the truth is to go onto the internet, look on the back of my book, read my Twitter profile, ask me, Google me. And very hard things to do. I mean, yes, yeah, very, I suppose very hard things to do. I suppose if you don't know how the internet works or if you're not on Twitter or if you can't read, those things might be a exactly. challenge. Those might be a challenge to people. I mean, you know, I come from a tradition of people with made-up names, including Boris Johnson, talk radio host Mike Graham, who's actually called Archibald, George Orwell. Yes, why he wanted to change that? I mean, that's a beautiful name. It is a beautiful it? name, Archibald. yes. I, mean, I suppose it's not quite, quite man of the people enough for Archie. So he's changed it to Mike. I want to know, though, why should people read your book when they could just Google? Well, of course, you can't just Google everything. Sometimes you have to do something called research, which involves doing a deep dive into events. Or going on Google. No, not just going on Google. Google. You, you, you can use Yahoo as well. But you can, you can, doing a deep dive into things, you know, reading books or watching documentaries or 
doing your own research or going to into the National Archives, you can find things called facts in there, which disprove things which are in your favourite book by Boris Johnson. So you can you can pretty much turn a yeah, page in Boris book. Johnson's book and then fact check it, not using Google, but by going to the National Archives, for example, and disprove what he said. But you're talking about research. You want to tear up history, don't you? You want to tear it to the ground. Yes. You want to be rude about the empire. Well, I was being a bit facetious at the top. I mean, I've been, people have called me my book a woke history. Yes. But it's really because they don't like it. What, when they say it's a woke history, what they're saying is he's pointing out things that we've based our entire careers on, on perpetuating myths about. So you, you get some sort of white British male historians. I'm not a historian. I am white British and male. But you get white British male historians who get very, very excited and angry about this. So say, why, why shouldn't people believe all those myths about Dunkirk? Because we like those stories. Yes. Yes, and they, they, they're good for morale. Yeah, well, I mean, the Nazis did the same thing and they said it was good for morale as well. So I suppose where one person's propaganda stops, another person starts. On that note, thank you so much, uh, Otto, for speaking to us today. Uh, listeners, if you'd like to buy Otto's book, it's called Fake History, 10 Great Lies and How They Shaped the World. But can I also recommend another great book which I've talked about today, which is The Churchill Factor by Boris Johnson. Thank you so much for listening to another edition of Non-Censored. Martin, over to you. Uh, yes, please do remember to like and subscribe. Click that like button and then click that subscribe button and then, why not, treat yourself, click five stars. Five stars and a little five review, stars, why not? No less, no less. Anyway, we look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you to Rosie Holt, Brendan Murphy, Ishan Akbar, Ingrid Oliver, Julian Rubenstein, Ed Morrish, Otto English, and of course, the man who saved this country, Boris Johnson. Hold up. 